Welcome to the Osmology Podcast, presented by AccessFilms.com. Osmology is the study of things that are awesome. Here we talk about things we love, things we don't love, and things we find interesting. The show is hosted by Ben Wiggins of Access Films. And now, hear ye, hear ye. The Academy of Osmology is now in session. Hear ye, hear ye. Our suboptimal show is now in session. We are joining you. It's going up on a Tuesday with Sunday Stewart. Sunday, what's going on? Nothing much. I'm just, you know, wasting away talking to you as usual. Uh, a poor decision by you, again, but one that our listeners are, I'm sure, at least somewhat grateful for. So, uh, mm-hmm. we, the first thing we're going to, we've got, a, uh, we've got a very full show tonight. We are going to talk a little bit about how to lower the rate of gun deaths in the U.S. I don't want to use the phrase gun control because it's a very loaded phrase at this point. Um, I want to take, we're, we're going to take a very nonpartisan, evidence-based approach to, uh, that doesn't assume what the right answers are, which side of the aisle they're coming from. Uh, we take pride in uh, going into this without any assumptions. Uh, we're, we're not beginning with an end in mind. We don't have, uh, we don't have a dog in the hunt. Uh, we're also going to talk about board games we love and don't love, and we're also going to ask each other board why. Board games we find uh, interesting. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Very good. Thank you, Sunday. And uh, ask welcome. each other why um, <laughs> Americans are being such idiots about Common Core math. The answer, of course, because we are a lazy nation and we don't like to learn stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, I may or may not also spring some discussion on you of uh, sports that you're good at and uh, balls flying at you. But that's another story. So. Uh, Fernando, I want to start off the, the, the gun discussion and the firearm death, lowering the firearm mm-hmm. death rate discussion with a comment that I thought was very insightful from uh, Fernando uh, de Mora, uh, who said the big problem he sees is that we have two sides that refuse to acknowledge anything the other side says. We have one side that makes the gun laws are bad argument, but fails to realize that we have a gun problem that doesn't exist in other countries with more restrictive gun laws. Uh, at the same time, we have liberals that fail to realize that laws are for law-abiding people and criminals don't care about that. We have one side that talks about the lack of mental health care initiatives in this country and another side that doesn't want to spend funding to pay for those initiatives because they're ter- terrified of welfare states. Politics, and this was, this was the most telling sentence, and I'm going to mispronounce this word, politics has become so polemic in this country, it's hard to really have any progress anymore, which... I completely agree with. I feel like the reasons like the reasons that more liberal people watch MSNBC and more conservative people watch Fox News are because people want to see people saying stuff that they already agree with, which mm-hmm. is great if you don't want to learn anything. But like both of those networks basically just spend time making fun of the other side. Um I don't know. We're, we're going to jump into an excellent op-ed article that you and I both read on the New York Times recently. We've mourned too often, seen too many schools and colleges devastated by shootings. I'm quoting the article here. Watch too many students yeah. get an education in grief. It's time for a new approach to gun violence. Um, we're angry, but we also need to be smart. And I, this is, I thought the article was very fairly written. Um, and frankly, liberal efforts such as the assault weapons ban were poorly designed mm-hmm. and saved few lives while brazen talk about banning guns just sparked a backlash that empowered the national rifle association. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to empowering the national rifle association, but I do think that um, that talk of banning guns uh, basically that, that's not good for anyone. Uh, we're, he also no. says we're not going to eliminate guns in America. So we need to figure yeah, out how not. to coexist with them. Um, what we need is an evidence-based public health approach, the same model we use to reduce deaths from other potentially dangerous things around us, from swimming pools to cigarettes. Um, an average of I 92 because, people. I think it's because, like you're saying, anytime people say gun control, people tend to hear the word control um, as very aggressive. Um, and yes, then they're that's right. terrified. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And so that equals out for them thinking, oh, they're coming to take my guns instead of, I mean, like to his point, let's say 50 years ago, if someone said, we're going to try and control cigarettes, um, what would that look like? Would would people be up in arms? In it? And granted, it's a whole different thing. Cigarette smoking is not instantaneous death. It is a death over time. So... Uh-huh. When we're trying to control that, trying to control the age limit people smoke, trying to control who we market cigarettes to, that is a whole different bandwagon than, you know, gun control. And Mm -hmm. so people get very scary, especially, I mean, you know, you're from Texas. I live in Texas. Um, When people say gun control, everybody jumps at don't take my guns. Don't take. We're not talking about anyone taking your guns. We're talking about how we can figure out to eliminate death by guns, essentially, and especially, you know, innocent lives for sure. So, right. Um, well, and also, I mean, yeah. and not just homicides, but also suicides. Like, it, you know, one other right. thing that Christoph right. talked about was that gun enthusiasts scoff at including suicides, saying that without guns, people would kill themselves by other means. In many cases, though, that's not true. In Great Britain, people used to kill themselves by putting their heads in the oven and asphyxiating themselves with coal gas. Um, This accounted for almost half of British suicides in the late 50s. But Britain then began switching from coal gas to natural gas, which is much less lethal. Sticking one's head in the oven was no longer a reliable way to kill yourself. And Mm -hmm. here's here's the rub. There was surprisingly little substitution of other methods. Suicide rates just dropped. And they stayed at a lower level. The British didn't ban ovens, but they made them safer. We need to do the same with guns. Um, so, uh, and so I, I agree with everything that you just said. Um, and and people are dying from firearm injuries at an unacceptable level. There are uh, in this country 1.4 in all the wars that America has. Con- participated in since the American Revolution, there have been about 1.4 million deaths. More than half of those were in the Civil War versus about 1.45 million gun deaths since 1970, including accidents, suicides, and murders. More preschoolers are shot dead every year, uh, 82 in 2013, than police officers in the line of duty, according to figures from the CDC um, and the FBI. So... Um, what are your preliminary thoughts on what we can do? Um, what do you have? What, what were your, what were your first thoughts coming out of reading this op-ed? Like what, what did you, Um, what was your immediate reaction? Well, I mean, actually the best part of the reading it was the fact that there really wasn't, he's kind of coming at it like you and I are, he doesn't know the, the answer either. <laughs> he's approaching it like us, so he must be really smart. So he's really smart. So he doesn't know either. He does know that guns kill people, not the guns themselves, but people with guns kill people. I get that. Okay, everyone calm down. Um, right. But the fact that we have easy access to guns and there's no way to kind of control that um, it does lend itself to kind of this situation that we're in where we have all these mass shootings and whatnot. Um, and so he is sort of opening up. It seems like, like, here's the thing. How can, how can we do this? How can we make this um, better and safer and easier and protect the people? Because it's really not about taking anyone's guns away. It's about, right. think about it like this. Okay. When in the eighties, there were no car mm-hmm. seats, right? I don't right. know how many infants died um, by not having a car seat, but I'm sure there were a few. And in 81, you, it was mandatory that you brought your child home. You, they would not let you leave the hospital without a car seat. Right. Does anyone think, hey, you know what we should do? Not have car seats. I'm just going to strap my four-year-old in the back and let him ride in the back of the bed of the truck. I think, we should, just not have, I think we should just not have children. Let's, yes, D, all of the children at the Satan. Anyway, um, that's a joke. Um, and so Sunday has a child. Hi, Jet. How you I doing? A, I, uh, Jet was, by the way, Jet was very shy please. when we met. I, I've seen, I've seen and heard he all these stories. 
about uh, about like all these bold and brazen and intelligent things that Jet did. And when I met him, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I don't know about this guy. Well, like, I've warned him about you, clearly. <laughs> he basically ran away. I, I, I shudder to think of what you may have said because he basically ran away and hid in the other room. Self-defense. Um, um, yeah. But anyway, I'm saying we, to the point, nobody's ever, we, we weren't like, hey, you know what? We're not going to let you, your kids ride in cars. Nobody said that. We said, how can we make this safer for our children? And at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to do. We want to protect our children, our teachers, our loved ones. How do we make this safer? And so we're not doing away with a car accident. We're doing away with the effects of the car accident. And so, mm-hmm. um, make, you know, making it a safer thing. How do we do that? What does that look like? And honestly, he didn't have a solution. Um, I do think, I do agree, you know, with, you know, Going back, well, going back to the going back to the article, I think the op-ed, per the op-ed, I think cars cars exemplify, and I'm quoting here again, cars Mm -hmm. exemplify the public health approach we need to apply to guns. We don't ban cars, but we do require driver's licenses, seatbelts, airbags, padded dashboards, safety glass, and uh, collapsible steering columns. And we've reduced the auto fatality rate by 95%. And this doesn't even include child seats, like what you just mentioned. Yeah. Um, so one problem with that. It also doesn't that, cover, though, it also doesn't cover, that's just the car. We're talking about to operate a vehicle. You have to be mm-hmm. of age. You have to go through driver training. There is a written right. test. There is a vision test. Um, obviously, yep. you pretty much have to be of sound mind um, to operate a vehicle. Um, we're, yeah, we're going to come back, so we're gonna come back like to a, that one. Right. So obviously, a health requirement. Um, you have to have insurance. Um, you have uh, to get it renewed and inspected. So additional training. So there's a lot of things that you have to do. That's not just about, hey, I bought this car. Let me right. re- let me drive it. It just doesn't well, work that and, way. Yeah, and and if you should, and we have laws in place for if you do this thing that tends to like, if you exhibit this particular dangerous behavior, we're going to take away your ability to drive a car Correct. at all. Like you're not going to be you able get, to get in a vehicle. Drive. Yes. Yeah, exa- exactly Correct. right. Like that's specifically, that's the most obvious mm-hmm. one, but there are others as well. Like if you, you know, if you, if you speed regularly, well, eventually you yes. can lose your license. Correct. If you, if you, not only if you speed, if you speed once and you don't pay your fine, they can, t- they can still take your license away. Not only that, or they can just choose not to renew your license. If right. you have an unpaid speeding ticket, they can do that for yeah. parking. They can do that wherever they want. That's not saying, hey, we don't want you to have a car. That's saying you're not responsible with what we that has been given to you. So uh-huh. that's what they're saying. And and again, yeah. I want to keep reiterating because whenever we talk about gun control, I feel like people are very like, oh, you're super liberal and you're trying to take our guns. Well, let's let's no. let's think about it this way. We're not own, we're actually not talking guns, about gun everyone. control. Like, let's not think of this yeah. in terms of yeah. You and I both own guns. I, let's not right. think of this in terms of gun control. Let's just not use that. Well, let's take a page out of the 2015 playbook and, and phrase it a okay. little bit differently in a way that, that is less aggressive. Let's just, let's just think of it in terms of reducing gun deaths. What are some ways that we can reduce gun deaths without, mm-hmm. um, without taking away people's constitutionally protected right to bear arms? Right to bear arms, um, right. Exactly. And so uh, now one problem with this is and I, this one I do have to put on the gun lobby, um, despite the fact that I and you are both gun owners. One problem is that Correct. the gun lobby has largely blocked research on making guns safer. Between 1973 mm-hmm. and 2012, the National Institutes of Health awarded 89 grants for the study of rabies and 212 for cholera, cholera, and only three mm-hmm. for firearms injuries. I mean, if you look at the number, like it, 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 it makes no sense. Well until you think of it in terms of a group of people that is very concerned about persecution from another group of people, both sides are really Mm -hmm. angry at each other. Um, Mm -hmm. And so uh, Daniel Webster, a public health expert at Johns Hopkins uh, notes that in 1999, the government listed the gun stores that had sold the most weapons later linked to crimes. The Mm -hmm. 
gun store at the top of the list was so embarrassed that it voluntarily took measures to reduce its use by criminals and the way and the rate at which new guns from the store were diverted to crime dropped 77 percent but in 2003 congress barred the government from publishing such information mm-hmm. so so the question that christoph asks and i think it's the right question to ask is why is congress enabling pipelines of guns to criminals And the answer really, I think, goes back to what Fernando said, and this was what we quoted at the very beginning, which is said, Mm -hmm. which is neither side wants to listen to the other side. Everybody's like thinking of this in terms of 140 characters, and this wasn't true in 2003, obviously, but everybody's thinking Mm -hmm. of this in terms of like making the proper snarky tweet that will get the most likes and retweets um, and that will frame the other side to be as stupid as possible rather than in terms of arriving at a real answer. Um, so, I mean, sorry. I don't want to, I don't want to like deviate too far from this, but I, you and I didn't actually talk about this, but have you seen the, um, the whole, um, behold a pale horse meme that's going around right now. Um, that's about, there's a book written by William Cooper and he was very, I don't want to use the word crazy, but he was a big into um, conspiracy theories. Um, okay. And so he wrote this book called from, and it was like 1991 um, from a book, Behold the Pale Horse. And there's an excerpt meme that's going around that says the government encouraged the manufacture and importation of military firearms for criminals to use. This is intended to foster a feeling of insecurity that would lead the American people to voluntarily disarm themselves by passing laws against firearms, using drugs and uh, hypnosis, hypnosis sorry, on mental patients in a process um, that the CIA incalculated the desire of the people to open fire on schoolyards and thus influence the anti-gun lobby. Um, and then basically how this plan is underway and the government is trying to do away with the Second Amendment so, I mean, again, I want to point out, I live in a very conservative area. I've seen this like 27,000 times. So um, <laughs> it's just part of the fuel, the gasoline, I would say, that's fueling this crazy fire of they're trying to take away our guns and we want the guns. Instead of looking at, much to Fernando's point, nobody's listening to anyone. They all mm-hmm. want to prove that they're right. They're the person who is getting the likes they're the person who is trying to make someone else look dumb instead of saying you know what i understand nobody okay. wants to, to die that, yeah i know no, no I, yeah. I agree with that yeah and that is yeah. that is there's no like but let me say you have to be the bigger people and step down and say hey i like guns i don't want anyone to take it away i never ever want to live in a place that's like hey you can't have guns sorry, we need you to be disarmed all the time. I don't want to live in a place like that. I would feel unsafe. Um, but at the same time, the bigger picture is, how am I making my country, my children's schoolyard more safe? And yeah. Well, and there are some, there are some thoughts that? on that. Public health experts yeah. have cited a bunch of ways we can live more safely with guns, and a lot of them have right. broad popular support. So the majorities, majorities, even among gun owners, favor universal background checks, Mm -hmm. tighter regulation of gun dealers, safe storage requirements in homes. That's a big one. Um, That is a big one. In terms of, you know, making sure that like kids can't get a hold of a gun and hurt themselves or whatever. Um, You know, like our family has, you know, a gun safe, like it's uh that that's that's a that's an especially big one i think and a 10-year prohibition on possessing guns for anyone convicted of domestic violence assault similar offenses yes um yeah i mean so treating thinking of treating guns like cars like no i mean a lot of people die in car accidents no one wants to ban cars but if we think of guns as you know uh, things that used properly um can can make our lives better um, you know, like right. having the protection of a gun, if you can use it effectively and so forth, like a, a gun is a very effective deterrent against violence in the right situation. Um, and True. a lot of people enjoy hunting and all of that sort of thing as well. But you want but, those guns to be in control of people that deserve and have earned and are trained and can use them for sure. Yes. 
Completely so, agree. Which I mean, we're agreeing a lot tonight. It's making me. It's making me very nervous. It's, we need yeah, to. We need to start disagreeing soon. Well, it's um, because but, people's uh, lives are on the lines, and this is a serious yeah, topic. I mean, there's definitely something like this is not working. I mean, yeah, yeah. our country has a lot of things figured out, and this one we don't. So yes, what? How can we figure this out? That's other other thoughts. Um, that were raised, we should also be investing in smart gun technology, such as weapons that fire only with a pin or fingerprint. I mean, you know, we have like no. fingerprint technology on our phones at this point. You don't like True. that one? I don't like the pin. To, I mean, you know, like, no. And then at the same time, yeah, the fingerprint technology doesn't bother me because if we're already applying for tagging, passing mental inspection, it's my gun, just like it's my car. I have to have insurance on it. It's under my name. I'm responsible for that. I am fine with fingerprint technology. I feel like PIN is kind of like, okay, here's my scenario. Someone's breaking into my house. I have mere seconds to respond. I'm not thinking about typing a PIN into my gun is all I'm saying. Not only that, but how many people's identities get stolen. I feel like that's not necessarily as safe as it could be. Um, I I see what they're saying and going with. But fingerprint mm. technology, I'll give a nod to. Um, a pin, whatever. It's it's the same. It's no. <laughs> I will nope. say fingerprint technology. You really got to make sure that it's done right because sometimes, Correct. like I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I try to use my like where you like lay your finger on the on the the home button to sign into your uh-huh. phone, and sometimes my phone is not having it. Like sometimes my phone is just nope, 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 no again. And no, go ahead and put in your pin. I don't have that because I, I fingerprinted my phone for my left and my right. So I'm just like, Meh. either way, it doesn't matter. No, I, I fingerprinted my phone for three fingerprints on my right and three fingerprints on my left. And sometimes like I use like the index finger on my right hand, like the main one that I put in that I did like bunch of extra where, you know, where your phone gives you the option to do like, oh yeah, do more to make sure that you can put your finger on it any way you You're want like, and sign in. My like entire, every ridge on my finger. Yeah, I did it. Yeah. I, I submitted a 3D scan of my right index finger to my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but and sometimes my phone still is like, not today. Put in your pin. Uh, but getting well, back to the topic at hand, another thing, another idea that was raised was to adopt micro stamping that allows a bullet casing to be traced back to a particular gun. Now, I thought we could do that already, but maybe I was, uh, I don't know, maybe I was wrong about that. Um, it, we they can, can trace it. I mean, with ballistics, we can trace it back to a type of gun. Same as you can do tire prints and, you know, mm-hmm. Nike shoe runs. I mean, in a murder scene, someone steps on the scene. We know it's a Nike. We know it's a size nine. We know it's a whatever, Air Jordan. I don't know. So mm-hmm. you can eliminate it down to a very small run of this particular shoe um, but yeah, I mean, as far as the exact gun, I don't know. And honestly, I'm going to be, I guess it doesn't matter because I'm not using my gun for malicious intent, but there's so even say. a line for me where I'm yeah, there's even a line for me where I'm kind of like, I don't necessarily know if I want the government to know every single time I fired my gun. So even if you trace it back to my particular gun when it's fired, what does that look like? That seems a little creepy. Let's say I go to the gun, like just theoretically, go to the gun range. I'm shooting rounds, shots fired. I don't collect my shells because some of us don't reload. It's fine. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, let's say they trace it back and they're like, oh, Sunday was here on the gun range September 16th, 2015. That's a little creepy to me. Um, so even let me, if it's let not me malicious intent. Yeah. Let me let me push back on that a little bit. Do you know how many apps yeah. on your iPhone knew that you were at the gun range? Of course. I'm not upset about that particularly, but the difference is I'm using a weapon in a public space, not trying to figure out how to get to Long John Silver. <laughs> the the gun the gun lobby, of course, is pointing out that the problem isn't firearms, it's crazy people. And yes. Uh True. and again per the op ed. America's mental health system is a disgrace, um, but it, it the, the, until we reduce the problem of crazy people shooting other people, it seems that regulating the tools that they're using to kill those people is also a good idea. Not taking them away, um, but right. just 
making sure that they are dealt with more effectively and that they that that they're that the ability of crazy people to get them and use them against others is reduced um and you know, and look, there 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 are uh, there are stabbing sprees sometimes in China. Um, there was there was a notable one. I mentioned this to Caleb Sims on Facebook the other day. There was one uh, right before the Newtown uh, the Newtown shooting uh, in Connecticut, mm-hmm. uh, and there were 24 injuries and no deaths. I'm not saying that that that's not code for we need to take all the guns away. It's just right. You know, like if if someone's you know, if if you have access to use a gun with deadly force and you are an unstable person, um, you can do that much more efficiently with a gun than you can. Uh, so, anyway, let's move let's move on to uh, something much less harmful than uh, guns used badly, which is board games. Now, you told mm. you mentioned to me earlier, and I thought this was I thought this was fun. Uh, mm. you were telling me about a board game that you used to not like at all that you now like a lot. And there is also Real. another game that you insisted on not talking to me about, and, but I, and I can't wait for the mystery drop. But first, tell me, about, uh, tell me about how you used to feel about Monopoly and how you feel about it now. Okay, well, I don't know if everybody knows, but I'm not really good at math. I think everybody is aware of that. Um, and not only do I... I'm not good at it. I hate it. Four and out I, of three people you, agree. Sunday sucks <laughs> at math. I do. I'm terrible at it, and we will get to that later. Monopoly requires you to at least be sort of cognizant of how the you know financial system works um, and know how much money you have. And I just always hated it. I thought it – and because Monopoly takes forever – and so yes, I agree constantly, with that. I mean, it takes forever. So it's it's a lot of math, and it's over a long period of time. So let me let me join in before you go before you go any farther. <laughs> let me join in on your complaining about Monopoly because I, I I I'm sure that you're going to enlighten our listeners, the ophthalmologists mm-hmm. out there, with uh, with some great stuff on why Monopoly is now a fun game. Um, and right. I'm probably going to argue with you because, which is what our listeners showed up for in the first place. Um, but I'm probably going to argue with you because I myself do also do not love Monopoly. And to me, the reason that I don't like it is because it's really basically a game of luck billing itself as a game of skill. Like Monopoly is basically about who lands, like who lands on groups of territories that are like, uh-huh. on the second half of the board. Like you want, mm-hmm. basically what you want in Monopoly is you want to roll really big numbers when you're on the first half of the board so that you can get over to the half of the board that really matters. Because no, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Even if you put hotels on like Baltic and Mediterranean or whatever, nobody's going to go bankrupt landing on your hotel. Like it's like 200 bucks if you, if you hit a, you know, if you hit a hotel on, uh, on Baltic or Mediterranean, <laughs> you go to, you go over to Boardwalk and Park Place, like, it's 2000. I know it's 2000 if you land on boardwalk with a hotel on it. Yeah. It's um, a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you just want big numbers at the little end of the board and little numbers at the big end of the board. So you land on a lot of those territories. And if you can get a group of them and start assembling houses and hotels, that's obviously where the real, you know, uh-huh. where the real weapons are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way and, that we played it in my family. Yeah, what I mean, I'm I just am so excited to, to to disagree with you right now. Like I just need yeah. you to talk, and then I will get to my spot. But go, and your family go. So in my family, what we would do is we would trade. Um, and uh-huh. once we got, and once everybody started to get some territories, we would trade. But then the way that we would trade would always be to what, like, kind of like to make the territory assembling, like the the property assembling, as fair as mm-hmm. possible. Which to me, the I, my whole deal was, well, why even play the first half of the game to begin with? Why not just divvy up the properties and then start rolling and see who lands on whose hotels? Like, yeah, it's it, it it's uh, I I I cannot stand Monopoly, but I'm looking forward to you disagreeing with me because it really needs to uh, it it really needs to happen. We've agreed on far too much stuff. Ben tonight. and Sunday agree. Yeah. George is, we're going to see some appearances from George tonight. 
Mm, okay. So I just Googled the top 10 most visited Monopoly properties. So that that would be Illinois Avenue, which are I think they're red. Uh, B&O Railroad, New York Avenue, Reading Railroad. So basically the railroads, Tennessee Avenue, Pennsylvania Railroad. So railroads, St. James Place, Waterworks, Kentucky Avenue, and Indian Avenue. So basically, um, and there's a lot of charts, by the way. Um, I, I disagree with you that you want to roll big. I think you want to buy, and I do. I disagree that no, no, it's you not want to roll big. Skill. You want to roll big. You you want to roll big at the in the beginning. The yeah, no, 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 no. On the first, on the first half of the board, on the second half of the board, you want to roll little, so you're landing on a lot of the big money properties. That's but what I, I would don't say. agree. I don't agree with that though, because oh, okay. I'm I'm saying you can buy like if you get Connecticut, all these smaller properties. I'm not upset about buying because uh-huh. you, it is a get to me personally. It is a game of skill because even if you have bought these smaller properties. Um, the purple ones, for instance, Delaware, whatever. Um, though you land on those, people land on those a lot. The red properties, the orange properties, the purple properties, those are very big landing spaces, and those would be your smaller roles at the beginning of the game. Um, and I do think it's a game of skill, less of luck. Granted, you have a die, so you know luck does enter into it at some point. But you do get into it where you can trade properties. You can, um, you know, take out a loan. You can wager with other players if you want to. Um, Uh And so all of that is essentially like buying actual property um, in the the real world. So I I disagree with you that it's, it's not about skill. I think that it is. So... Um, but it is time-consuming, and you want to be very committed to it, which most people don't particularly want. Um, here is one of the the most here's the most possibility of dice combinations. Seven is the most common roll on any given turn, and two is the least. Two and twelve are the least probable. Yeah, that makes it's sense. A fun fact for everyone. Um, so, um, you know, I don't. I mean, I don't think that um, you got to be aware of the most landed upon properties. This says, this is Wiki. We all know Wiki knows everything. Mediterranean mm-hmm. Avenue and Baltic Avenue are the least landed upon properties. So orange properties, St. James Place, New York Avenue, and Tennessee Avenue are the most. So those are your orange properties um, mm-hmm. due to the proximity of jail. So, I mean, I don't. And then, of course, it says, like, your red properties and all the railroads. Um so I think that it's I think it's a game of skill and you can definitely waylay that into like let's say you own two properties and someone has the one property that will give you all the properties. You can do um a trade, you can buy them out. I think I think you could make it work. I'm no Donald Trump at Monopoly, but um it's actually better well, to play Monopoly um with uh the limited two edition of Monopoly. Anytime, there, anytime there's a new edition, because there's like the Aggieland edition, um, you know, there's the limited two edition, there's a bar. I mean, any kind of fun Monopoly edition, I think, would make it a little more exciting, too. Because I actually used to not like Monopoly. Until recently, as of two weeks ago, uh, I talked to my family into playing my old uh, collector's edition of limited two Monopoly. It was super fun. I got to be the cell phone. And uh, and instead of railroads, you have, like, summer wardrobes, you know, things like that. And it was very fun. It kind of made the game a little different than your normal, typical, boring, you know, Monopoly game. But there mm-hmm. is a game that I do not like, a board okay. game I, will, I just I don't want to play, um, and that's going to be Scrabble. I find that surprising because I like words, and I like reading, and I think Scrabble is probably the most boring game on the face of the earth. And I do own the limited two version of Scrabble. Mm-hmm. And it's the board is shaped like a flower. And that's cool, but I've never played it. It's still in like, it's cellophane wrapping in my closet. I'm staring at it right now. Um, uh-huh. And I think Scrabble is so boring. This is why like, everybody was like, oh, words with friends. Get at me. Nope. 
I never downloaded or played Words with, Words with Friends. Not one time mm. in my entire existence. That's how much I hate Scrabble. I hate the 2008 version of it. I don't know when Words with Friends came out. I'm just guessing. But that's how much I hated Scrabble. Like, I'm not playing that at all. But um, there's a lot of fun games. Like, think, like, what games really stick out to you as you use? I have recently started playing. This is kind of an interesting story. Um, I bought Operation for my four-year-old because I thought, Operation's fun. You remember playing Operation, right, Benjamin? Oh, yeah. I remember. Okay. You you get it. You pick the pieces out. One, they have a million different kinds of Operation now, and I don't love that particularly, but my four-year-old will not play Operation. Refuses. Okay. Because he thinks he's getting electrocuted every single time he touches the metal sides. Like, instant death. Even though, clearly, he's not getting electrocuted, but... He thinks he is, so mm-hmm. will not play in. But um, he'll play Sorry, uh, Life. Life is fun. Life is is pretty realistic. Um, and now I don't know. I didn't play Life as a child, but um, did you play Life when you were younger? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played. I played okay. some of. Uh, played some of the game of Life. By the way, I'm not at, like I. I can't really disagree with you on Scrabble. Like I never responded to that, but uh, yeah. But no, you're yeah, terrible. I, but you played Words with Friends. Uh, I did. I did play some Words with Friends. I played Scrabble here and there. Like I'm not really against Scrabble. My argument uh, on board games in general is like it's really more about like getting something that everybody will kind of enjoy just enough to really like get everybody talking. Like, it's just sort of an activity that you can do. And I'm all in favor of if the conversation is not quite as good, like, put your energy into something else so that my brain isn't like, let's go eat everything in the house. Um, okay, so what because, board games do you like? Because I have a very – I have a favorite board game of all time. Um, okay, so well, I like your... – um, I like Risk. Um, I like – look, it doesn't have, it doesn't have I've to be actually never, either, I've actually never played Risk. I do like we. I feel like we need to talk about, but um, not apples to apples. But Cards Against Humanity is awesome. I'm a huge card yeah. fan. It's inappropriate, so don't play with children. But it's fun, and it does get people talking. And you can find out, you know, who the psychopath amongst your friends are. Very and, useful. And who's a narcissist? And who's Machiavelli? Correct. Um, so who? So what I is like the board that. game? I want to hear the board game that you really like. Okay, so the board game, well, there's a few, but it's all the same premise, is that I really like, because you were talking about games that get people talking and stuff. Um, lately, at our house, we've obviously brought all these board games because we're trying to get away from watching TV. Um, it's just too easy to get caught up in, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to watch, like, eight episodes on Netflix. So we've kind of try to separate ourselves from that and really get into playing board games. And so we've started doing that. And I have rediscovered my love for Trivial Pursuit. Um, oh. Uh, which apparently I think is genetic because when we decided to start doing this, my mom was like, oh, we have Trivial Pursuit. I did not know my parents owned every edition of Trivial Pursuit. Every single edition of Trivial Pursuit. The Genius Edition, the 90s Edition, the Last 20 Years Edition, the Baby Boomers Edition, the Sports Edition. There is a Bible Trivial Pursuit, in case anyone wants to throw down with that, because I dominate that, first of all. I'm all about Bible Trivial Pursuit. Um, Serious, I have my humility hat on. I I will kick your butt in Bible Trivial Pursuit. Um, Yeah, we'll see about that. It's really funny. One, we played the debate. Okay, there's no way you're going to beat me at Bible Trivia. Like, absolutely not. There's no way. Um, okay. Okay. All right. It's on. I'm going to bring it with me um, when I come to visit LA, and I'm going to ask you random questions from it. It's going to be fun. We're gonna okay. we're gonna play this. We might talk about it anyway. So um, anyway, so it's funny because for several reasons. We played the Baby Boomers edition because my parents were like, oh, let's play that. And I was like, okay. Even though in my mind I'm like, there's no way I'm going to stand a chance at Baby Boomers edition. But contrary to popular popular belief, 
Baby Boomers edition is actually think popular that I belief meaning belief of people by Sunday Stewart. Name Sunday. No, Stewart. but think think about it. So my entire life, I've heard all of these baby boomer facts, and mm-hmm. I guess just not really them storing them up because you know, like it's just stuff you constantly hear. So we're playing baby boomers edition, and it's really fun because an answer will come up and my dad will argue with my mom. And then I like to do it in teams too, which I think is funny because people can argue amongst themselves <laughs> and then talk about it. Um, and so then they'll, they'll argue. And then everybody talks about like, Oh my gosh, this is the time that I heard the song or the time that, you know, I, um, you know, ate that vegetable. I don't know. It's crazy. So, um, and that's that's the one that I like. I like Trivial Pursuit. It, it does lend itself to a lot of conversation and um, kind of academic excellence, I guess. But it's fun. And, and people really surprise you on things they know, like all the ham radio signals. Like, what is F in ham radio? It's just like random stuff that people either know or they don't. And people will surprise you with their vast limits of unnecessary knowledge in Trivial Pursuit, and then you kind of look at somebody like, wow, that's crazy that you knew what stylage was. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was. I mean, it's very it's interesting. But to that effect, so I've been a big Trivial Pursuit player. Um, recently, I've picked up a game called Foodie Fight, and it's all like food trivia. And that one has been very exciting as well. But nobody likes to play with me because I win. Because I know pretty much everything about food and food preparation, but there's even a chart about like what part of the cow, like you know, different cuts of beef come from. It's very exciting for people that like to eat. <laughs> but anyway, so that's why like I like Trivial Pursuit. Sort of, I'm sort of agreeing with you because it is it gets people talking. It's not just like okay, it's your turn. Okay, it's your turn. <laughs> okay, it's your turn. It's like talking about a specific time period or discussion um, about things. Like I was asking you earlier about the 1990s and 1996. And then see, we got all up on the topic of how the WNBA had like the worst tagline marketing strategy of all time. We got next. What does that even mean? What it means is after you guys are done playing and everybody's gone home, then uh, we we get to use the court after you're done with it. The one – WNBA fan is angry that you just said that right now. <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's mm. at least there's at least eight WNBA fans. By the way, True. I really love like I'm I for any yeah. of our listeners who are not like any of the ophthalmologists out there who are like, you need to stop hating on women's sports. I love women's sports. I'm a big fan of I women's don't. soccer. Um I I I, am, don't. I I support the US women's national team. Um my girl uh, I don't my support, girl Carly Lloyd. I don't support I don't support women's Anything, not uh, you, have, you. You also you also have a vagina yourself, so nobody's going to accuse you of being sexist. Um, I know but, it's just that women's sports are like if I wanted to watch women's sports, I would go watch the junior high basketball team. It's just it's not the same game. Sorry, women, it's not. You, women are not made like men. I'm not going to watch a sport that men were created to do. I just am not watching it. It's fine. I'll watch women's softball, and I will actually watch women's soccer because the Lady Aggies soccer team is awesome. So I'm going to give, like, those two nods, but I don't want to watch, like, I don't even want to watch, like, women's volleyball. I don't want to watch that, which everybody doesn't really watch that for volleyball. We all know you guys are looking at the short shorts and the bikinis. It's fine. Um, but I don't <laughs> let me, let me make China. this argument. I, so I think the sports that – I think the sports that are the most marketable on the women's side are the sports where the game looks more or less the same, whether it's men or women playing. Um, and I think that's the not true. That, uh, no, no, hey, hang on, hear me out. So I, I think so. For example, like basketball, if you watch like a men's basketball game and a women's basketball game, I'm not opposed to women's basketball, but the game just does not look the same because like the, the, the men's basketball is played in the air. Um, it is, and the ability to jump, you know, uh, three feet in the air or higher is at such a premium in the sport of basketball that the, the women's game, like it's just, it doesn't look, 
I, I agree with you. It doesn't look the same. I think in terms of association football or soccer, as we call it over here in the States, um, oh, then, like, the game kind of does look the same. Like, it's, right. it's, I mean, it like doesn't look quite as Like, you sit around, you watch somebody not score for 90 minutes. <laughs> exact uh, same. Yes, yes. And, yeah, and by the way, I'm totally I, think, true. I completely agree. Soccer does need more scoring. Um, and uh, and I'm a big fan of the fact that they're really cracking down on the diving because um, all the flopping back mm. in the time when I was uh, when I was a soccer hater, like that was those were the first two things that I always went to. There's no scoring. I I have a much better chance of seeing a dude rolling on the ground with a fake injury in any given game than I do of seeing an actual goal. And that's probably still true. But anyway, yeah. uh, so you were you were you were going to disagree as usual with my um, with my thesis on whether the game no, whether it's well, whether it's I'm how similar the game looks. Yes, because I I don't think it's necessarily similar. I think there's two things. I think it needs to look similar, and it and for women, unfortunately, it needs to look sexy. That's why people want to watch tennis and women's sand volleyball. Like those are the reasons, or even indoor volleyball. I mean, short shorts. That's that's what people want to watch. Soccer, soccer. Anybody taking their shirt off today? That's why people want to watch that. It's sexy. WNBA, okay. hand to God, is not sexy. Nothing sexy. <laughs> they. So let's, it's. I'm not it's gonna not, I can't even talk about it. They got next. Uh, fine. They got right. next on what though? Not the dressing yeah. room because yes. they no unattractive. WNBA isn't sexy. If you pull like. I'm going to tell you, though, women's softball is on the fence on this because you've got kind of the women that are not super feminine, but then you have really hot women's softball players, and people will go watch that. Jenny Finch, I'll let you boy. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for that shout-out. So if you look at it across the board, though, people are going to go to a sand volleyball women's thing. It's sexy. It's sexy. Hello, Missy Major. Well, so, and now, so how do you? Fine. So how do you feel? How, so how do you feel about that? I think it's fine. It doesn't bother me that people are going out there. They're like, here's the thing. People are not. But they they may go out and watch the volleyball and see the athleticism and whatever. Then there are the people that are on the fence, and you know what sells them? The sex. Like I don't really want to watch volleyball, but they're in bikinis. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Or, you know, soccer, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't really want to watch girls' soccer, but, you know, maybe someone will take their shirt off. I can't <laughs> help it. I live in a world that is sex- sexually driven. Um, yeah. And so well, that's very that's, that's what, very utilitarian of you. We, we've got yeah, about anyone? five minutes left, and I, I definitely okay. want to hit Common Core Math before we get out of here. So, um you okay. you kind of introduced me to this topic, so uh, give your two-minute thesis on Common Core Math, and then we're going to discuss for three minutes before we get out of here. Okay. Most people hate Common Core Math. You're probably one of them, if you're listening. Well, well first of all, for um, our osteologists who don't have kids, <laughs> like, what yeah. what is Common Core Math? Um, common Core Math is the new math they are introducing to the school system. I know for sure in Texas and other states. Um, where it basically breaks down your math problem into tens, like the ten units. Um, so, for instance, when you grew up, you knew that nine plus six equals, you know, fifteen, right. because you memorized it that way. Right. They are teaching your kids how to break that down and to make separate math problems to get fifteen. Um, it's taking longer. The written work is longer. It looks insane. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I'll even give you that. But it's teaching our children to that all numbers are related, and that all numbers are connected to each other, and it works on the tens system. So if you mm-hmm. take a number like 37, you're breaking it down by 10, 10, 10, 3, and 7, not 37. And no, wait, sorry. And, wait, wait, wait. 10, 10, 10, and you said 3 and a 7. Yeah. Correct. So three tens and then a seven. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's like the tens principle. So right. it's not, you know, like how we were taught. And so parents have an issue with that. Just like we learned, I told you, Ben, we talked about this, like four times four is 16. We don't know why it's 16. We learned that someone gave us a chart in 
third or fourth grade and said, memorize all of these. And we did. Instead of why are we, how are these numbers related? How are we getting 16 out of four times this 4x4? How does that even make sense? It doesn't. It's just Mm -hmm. someone taught us to memorize that. And so, therefore, we know that that's what it is. We don't know why it is. We just know someone told me four times four is 16. Right. And what was there your you reaction to that? And how do you feel about math now? I mean, for those, for any listener who doesn't know yet that you hate math, <laughs> would your experience yeah. have been different if you had been taught math this way? I think my experience would have been different because I, I can see it's a very visual. If you look at Common Core, Common Core is very visual. Um, it's, it's very, it looks very drawn out. It looks very dramatic, I'm going to say. Um, but it's, it's for the visual learner, for someone who does not like math, doesn't understand math. For me, I looked at multiplication challenge, like as a challenge, multiplication tables as just there's no way I'm memorizing that. And I'm very good at memorizing, but it's numbers. I don't, I don't want to look at all that. Um, and I, I don't want to memorize like formulas and whatever. Common Core is teaching you a different way to think about every single number. And mm-hmm. As someone who hates math, I would get that. I would totally get that. And I not only that, but it's setting you up for later in life when you are solving for numbers. Um, because if you already hate numbers in fourth grade, you're going to hate them 20 times more when they're like, hey, you know what? Remember those letters you used to like in English? We're throwing some of those in there. That yeah. That is detrimental, I feel like, to me. Um, and... I I just I I think it's people that don't like Common Core math they don't like it because it's new, and, right, and they don't want to have to learn something new. Like they just want to correct. be able to kind of sleepwalk through the process of helping their kids with their homework. Um, right. And the whole like they don't makes no it. sense yeah. argument. It's just not it's not right. It actually makes more sense. Like this way of doing it makes it more relatable to someone who hasn't seen this stuff before. Um, so everyone complaining of the, the moral of the story is everyone complaining about common core math. Shut up. No one wants to hear your complaints anymore. Just shut it. As they say across the pond. Um, You're just lazy. But, yeah. Yeah. More or less. <laughs> uh, so we'll see some more posts about this sometime soon, but uh, Sunday Stewart, uh, thank you for coming on the show tonight. Thank you to all the awesomeologists for tuning in. You uh, please, as you will hear from uh, from the voiceover in a moment, uh, please do like the page um, on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash Academy of Osmology. And um, and if you have a question, you're welcome to tweet us. You can also email us at Academy of at Gmail dot com. Sunday, thank you for your time. Thanks to the listeners mm-hmm. for tuning in and we will be back with you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Osomology Podcast. For more information, check out accessfilms.com. Follow us on Twitter at underscore Osomology. And like our page at facebook.com forward slash Academy of Osomology. Follow your host on Twitter at Benjamin Wiggins. And feel free to like his page at facebook.com forward slash Access Ben Wiggins. Be sure to check out the Access Films Podcast as well on accessfilms.com forward slash radio. The Academy is adjourned.